Before we get started with today's show, I want to introduce you guys to a great podcast called Smells Like Middle Aged Spirit, hosted by Nick Stevenson, Josh Beard, Naomi Richardson, and Chris Kahn. These four friends come from different backgrounds and upbringing, who really just wants to get back to talking to each other in this social media age. All viewpoints are welcome, and having good, important conversations about the world and everything going on around us, along with having some fun, is the MO of this show. You can find Smells Like Middle-Aged Spirit wherever you get your podcasts. It's also available on YouTube. And remember, if it smells like middle-aged spirit, breathe it in. It's strong, but you'll get used to it. On today's episode, how good are the Denver Broncos now that they have Russell Wilson? The Pittsburgh Steelers really aren't interested in Deshaun Watson? Okay. Brady unretires. Spoiler alert, I wasn't surprised. And also an impromptu topic, because NFL. All right, what's good, everybody? Welcome back to Chopping It Up with P. Scott. I'm Prescott Kelly. Today is St. Patty's Day Eve, which means one thing. We're all Irish tomorrow, baby, so why don't you just pull up a stool and have a drink with us? Shout out to Boondock Saints, my favorite movie of all time. Shout out to my buddy Jordan, who introduced me to that movie, because without him, I wouldn't have any of the great one-liners that that movie has to offer. I don't care if it's not your favorite movie of all time. Except I do care if it's not your favorite movie of all time. And if it's not your favorite movie of all time, I will fight you in the street. I won't really do that. That's not really who I am. But regardless, happy St. Patty's Day tomorrow. The reason why I'm doing that now is because I will not be able and available on the microphone tomorrow. I got to work, go back to my actual job, which is poo-poo. Not my actual job, but going back to it isn't poo-poo. It's just, I don't know. I like this. I like interacting with you guys. I like having the, the conversational space of this the podcast it's a little bit self-absorbed you know it's it's me uh kind of being narcissistic if you will to a point but also it's it, it does feel really good knowing that what i do people really enjoy and appreciate and mostly because i have seen the growth of this thing over the past man i say three four weeks it's really it hasn't taken off to the point where uh, you know, it can replace income. You know, it's not it's not to that point, but there was there was a point in time in this podcast, and I've had to do this three or four times as far as like restarting. And uh, I feel like I've I found a good space. I found a good a good place for me to be, and I'm okay with what I'm doing. But what used to take me three, four, five days to get the same listenership, like it is it's same day. I drop something and I'm getting the same listenership same day as opposed to, you know, basically a week where it used to take that long. And I think that that's a testament to uh, one. It's me, you know, uh, if I'm going to pat myself on the back a little bit, it's, it's me being more open, uh, being more, I mean, more transparent, changing this from just a sports show into interviews and widening the scope of, what it is that I want to bring to you as the, as the listener, you know, cause it's not, not everybody cares about sports and that's fine. Um, I want it to be about sports largely, but I have other interests. I'm more than just a one trick pony. And I feel like you, just because you enjoy one specific thing more than other things, it doesn't mean that you can't have multiple avenues or multiple interests and be knowledgeable with those things. 
So if you didn't listen to last week's episode, or not last week, uh, if you didn't listen to Monday's episode, I had Matt Steele on, who is a real estate licensee in Alaska and a pilot and stays very in tune with the political stuff going on. That was a really interesting episode for me. I personally, that might have been my most favorite episode with me talking the least because I didn't know anything about what was going on. And I think what the the most damning thing that we do as a society is acting like we know everything and not willing to be vulnerable and not willing to say, hey, I'm not really sure how this works. Would you care to explain it to me? Because people want to be defensive or they think that they know everything. And that's one of the things that I, if I'm going to, again, toot my own horn, it's me saying, if I'm not well-versed in something, I don't want to speak on it. I'd rather have somebody else is on the show and explain stuff to me as opposed to me just being just wildly rampant and very like just being ridiculously uh, irresponsible is, is basically what it comes down to. If you're, if you're misleading information to other people based on what your views are and not what's actually happening, I feel like it can be very dangerous and it can also be very um, and irresponsible. So if you didn't listen to last uh, the last episode with Matt Steele, I highly recommend that you do. Uh, it's a little bit self-absorbed because obviously, you know, the additional click, the additional listen would be nice. But it's also a very informative episode. It's it, it doesn't have anything to do with sports at all. Tom Brady is mentioned, but very briefly. So sports, tag it. But it was it was a really fun episode. Uh, moving on though, before we get into the day's episode, I, I do I do want to give a huge shout because there's two people specifically who have really made a big impact on me and my drive to keep this thing going as much as I have. Like I said, I like to be transparent and open and vulnerable. And I think that if there's two people, it's, it's Ozeal and it's also Nick Stevenson. And these are two guys from the pod Houston network. And like I was, I was born in Texas, but I've been in Alaska forever, but I was invited into their group and they have been super helpful and they helped drive me to want to keep doing this. And the fact that I have people who I've never met before that are more supportive of what I do than the people who are actually close to me means a lot. The fact that strangers are willing to, I call them strangers, but they're at this point in time, you know, they're, they're, they're more than acquaintances. That's for damn sure. And Nick specifically, it was, it's something where he's really uh, kind of given me the, not given me the drive, but whenever I feel down about what I'm doing, uh, when I feel like the self-worth isn't there, the fact that what I'm doing isn't taking off the way that I want to. And he's just like, bro, just keep doing you, man. Keep doing you. This is going to, it's going to be what you want it to be. But you got to just, just keep going, man. Don't give up on this. And I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I'm not going to give up because of me. I'm not going to give up for you. We're going to keep making this thing happen. So yeah, big shout out to Ozeal and also Nick Stevenson. And with all of this now in the open, I'm not trying to make it sound so flippant where I'm just going to like switch gears, but we are. Gave my shout outs, want to give everybody love. And now we're going to talk about sports because holy hell went wild this week. And I really wasn't sure on the who, what, when, where, why, or how to even navigate the beginning of this episode and what topic to even start with. But what I'm going to do is just go and start with the title episode of the Wilson, Wilson, 
My name's Voight, dumbass. And I hope that people understand that. Little backstory. You know, from Castaway. It's, it's Tom Hanks and he's young at the volleyball. And he's going, well, son. Well, son. But Family Guy did their own little little spiel because they're like, well, the, the, the brand of the volleyball is named Voight. So my name's Voight, dumbass. I'm not sure if anybody else got it, but that was just me. I wanted to, I wanted to open up the episode with some Family Guy and some Russell Wilson talk because apparently he's a big deal to a lot of people, but he's not a big deal to me. Because Wilson is one of those guys where I, I kind of, my, my opinion of him has kind of changed over the years, right? You know, the Seahawks were very successful early on. And this is like the, this is the blueprint, right? It's rookie quarterback or at least rookie salary scale. You pay everybody else. You don't pay the quarterback. Team success. We see that. But then the teams pay the quarterback when it is the team success. And is Russell Wilson getting too much credit for, you know, the Seahawks winning over the past, you know, basically decade? And I feel like it's a fair criticism because they do, they have one Super Bowl. They almost have two, but they definitely have one. But once you paid Russ, y'all have just been good. Like that. And that's, that's been my argument with everything is once you pay these quarterbacks, like, 25, 35, 45 million dollars a year now, and they're taking up so much of your cap space, you can't build a good squad around them. And there are very few quarterbacks who are worth that type of money. Now, I have been on record of saying that Denver has one of the better rosters top to bottom, and they're they really are like a quarterback away from being, you know, relevant again. And the thing is, they will be relevant again. But that division is absolutely bonkers with Mahomes and Herbert and Carr and now Wilson. So did the Broncos get better overnight? Absolutely, they got better. But, I mean, what? So now you can win three or four more additional games? Because you're not, you're not beating out Kansas City for the division. You just aren't. Unless something absolutely catastrophic happens to not even just Kansas City, but like Patrick Mahomes specifically... Unless something just catastrophic happens to him, you're definitely not winning your division. And I'm sure that most of you know how the playoff seeding works. Like you got to win your division to even get in, right? Like you got, you got four divisions, four playoff spots, and there's three wild cards. But if you don't win your division, what are the chances of you actually making the playoffs? Because let's be serious. In the AFC East, Buffalo is probably going to win the AFC East again. It might be New England. I There was one thing I was pretty, pretty strident. I don't like doing hot take guy. I'm not that guy all that often, but I was very... I stood very firm in the fact that I thought that the New England Patriots would win the AFC East last year. And they almost did. And they were in first deep into the season, but fell off a little bit late on. But the AFC East is probably going to be run by Buffalo and or New England. Okay. The, the Dolphins aren't doing anything. And the Jets certainly aren't doing anything. And then you look at the AFC North. That's probably going to be... Man, maybe Cleveland, maybe Cincinnati. I've, I've been on record saying I don't think that Cincinnati makes even the playoffs next year. We see this every year where a team that wins a division doesn't even make the playoffs. I feel like Cincinnati kind of lucked out this year and they kind of, they, they absolutely overachieved, but I don't know that they can you know duplicate it, especially right now, especially with the offensive line the way that it is. But even regardless of the landscape of the AFC, like, if, if you don't win your division, you've only got three other playoff spots is, is largely my point. And, and again, like, so the AFC East, you're, you're probably getting Buffalo and you're most likely also going to get New England, right? So that's two spots that are taken up one for the division and one for the wild card, 
regardless of who wins or or doesn't. It doesn't really matter. I feel like both of those teams are playoff teams. So New England's going to be in there. And the AFC North, Pittsburgh's going to be better. Like, I just feel like not having Ben Roethlisberger and his noodle arm and that salary just hanging over that team anymore is going to be beneficial. But the Ravens are going to be better because Lamar Jackson isn't going to be essentially dead. The Bengals are still good. I Like I said, I don't think they're going to be a playoff team going forward. Or not going forward, but at least this season. But Cleveland's still really good as a as a roster entirely. So that's another team you got to worry about. If you look at the AFC West, again, if you're not winning your division, the Chargers are still really good. The Raiders are still good. The AFC South, whoever wins that division, it's probably going to be Tennessee again. But the AFC South is a dumpster fire. But because somebody has to win that division, somebody's getting a roster or a, a playoff spot. You only have three from the other uh, 12 teams in your conference. If those four, because there's 16 teams per conference and four have to win a division, there's 12 other teams and three other playoff spots. And if you don't win your division into AFC West, what are the chances of you making the playoffs? And it's pretty minimal. And does Russell Wilson make them better right now? Absolutely. But the entire AFC is a complete juggernaut right now. Every every team in that conference, except for like three, are good to above average. And does Denver have enough with Russell Wilson? My answer would be no. I think they'll be better. They might be a playoff team, but this is not a Super Bowl winning team because I feel like Russell Wilson has largely gotten carried or or the, the, the mystique of let Russ cook is because he went to two Super Bowls fairly early in his career. But once that dude got paid, they've just been okay. And that's largely what the NFL is. Couple of just trash teams, a couple great teams, and then everybody else is just mediocre. They're just it's just mediocrity across the entire gridiron landscape. And also we don't really even know that Denver's like skill position guys are even better than Seattle's because I mean Jerry Judy is somebody who and now I will say this, if you are a fantasy owner or if you if you do fantasy football, that's a dude I would look at as like a later round guy to maybe pick up because Obviously, his stats have not been great because he's had Drew Locke and Teddy Checkdown, you know? So he's somebody that I feel his his fantasy stock at least would rise. But like, he's no DK Metcalf. Like, he's not Tyler Lockett, you know? At least not at this point in time. Maybe he maybe he grows into that. But what we've seen so far, and largely, again, it's quarterback play that has kind of dictated his statistical value. But I don't feel like there's anything in, in Denver that is exponentially better at the skill position that Seattle had, especially because like the only weapon that you really did have that was anything that you've actually utilized in Noah Fan, you sent that to Seattle as well. So again, does did Denver get better overnight with this trade? Absolutely. But is it enough to win a championship? I don't think so. Like I think if Aaron Rodgers would have gone there, that might have been enough to push him over. But I don't see Russell was uh, Russell Wilson as that type of caliber quarterback. I just don't see him that way. Is he an upgrade? Absolutely. But is he the game changer? I don't think so. So I've got so many things in my notes section on my phone that I wanted to get to, and I'm just not going to be able to. It's like it's three pages worth of stuff because it's been, you know, over a week since I've actually been able to do anything that is sports related on this show. And of course, whatever I want to talk about gets pushed to the side because whenever I take a commercial break and I'm just scrolling through my phone and, and you know, just I'm, I'm just taking a, taking a quick break and just kind of seeing what's going on the socials. I see that the Tennessee Titans have released Julio Jones. Now, I don't know if you guys listened to the previous podcast. That was called Peace God Sports Talk. It was only a sports show. I'm pretty sure if you wanted to go in 
and dig in the archives. I believe that the content's still available on Spotify. But when the trade happened for Tennessee to get Julio Jones from Atlanta last year, I had said, this is the dumbest move that Tennessee can make. Like Those weren't my, it wasn't my exact words, but it to me, it was, it, it's, a, it's not a smart move. You are not like, you're not one wide receiver away from competing for anything. Mostly because there's this dude called Ryan Tannehill, who is your quarterback. Not a lot of people are going to be like, well, Ryan Tannehill's good. He's been better since he got to Tennessee. But let me ask you this. If you had to put any list together of five or ten quarterbacks that you want on your team to be the leader of your squad, does Ryan Tannehill fit it anywhere? I wanted to let that marinate. Because the answer to that riddle is no. There is not one person that I know of who says, you know what? I wish I had Ryan Tannehill as my quarterback. That's the dude I want. Nobody says that. Nobody. And again, like, like Tennessee's been good, and Tennessee's one of these like good football teams. I know what I'm getting from them. They're consistent. You know what you're getting every single week. As long as you have Derrick Henry, you know what you're getting, right? But to me, and I've used this analogy beforehand, they're the Utah Jazz of the NFL. Your regular season might be good. Your record might be good. You're, you are good, but you're not doing anything. Like, you're not winning jack. Utah Jazz aren't doing anything. They're, they're not even like the, the sixth or seventh best team collectively in their own conference in the West. And Tennessee is the same thing. Like Because of matchups and because you have Derrick Henry, there are times where you are going to be able to railroad people. And you're going to be good and you're going to be relevant. You're going to be okay. But you're not doing anything. You're not doing anything special. So when they went and got Julio Jones, I thought, man, if, if Julio Jones went to someplace that already had like a stud number one wide receiver, because Julio is on the back end of his career, right? If you if he goes someplace with a great quarterback and a real good number one, he's your number two. That's something. Like AJ Brown to me isn't you know a top five, top ten wide receiver. You know I, I don't believe that. I don't know. And I, you can you can do the exact same thing with AJ Brown that I just did with Ryan Tannehill. How many quarter? Or, I'm sorry. How many wide receivers are you going to get to before you say I want AJ Brown on my team? Like you basically have a two A and a two B wide receiver. Like you don't have a true number one. So like if Julio would have gone to like Buffalo, let's just say, and he got to be like the true number two wide receiver across from Stephon Diggs, now that would have been some magic. But the other thing that I, that I had mentioned uh, last year when this trade did happen was he also is like, he's not right all the time. Now, when Julio is right, he's really good. But can you depend on him to be on the field all the time? And the problem is that you you can't. And that was another issue that happened with Tennessee this year. Like he missed he missed a substantial amount of time. And like, I understand why Tennessee did it because they're like, oh, we, we beat we beat New England in the playoffs the year beforehand. We feel like we're close. Let's go ahead and get a wide receiver. Let's go and try to take some pressure off of Derrick Henry. Let's try to take some pressure off Ryan Tannehill. So I understood the reason why they did it, but it's also, man, y'all just wasted draft picks and y'all wasted capital to go get this dude who isn't going to be that much of an impact player for you. And these moves are kind of goofy because... Like not not the not the trade itself and not teams wanting to get better because like that's the whole reason why we do this, right? That's the whole construct of sports is to try to win and try to win championships and win, especially when you feel like you're close. If you're not close, you ship off dudes and you try to get hope, right? Draft picks are hope. And I've been saying that for years and years and years, and I, I religiously say it and I, I religiously believe in draft picks are just hope. They are selling you hope because you have no idea who these guys are going to turn into. So I understand if you want to get rid of draft picks to bring in somebody. And again, the, the whole construct of sports is to try to win. So I'm not dogging them for doing it, but it's 
if you know what your deficiencies are, why are you just getting like a 30 plus year old wide receiver? Like that ain't it dog. Like that is not the move. If you think you're close trading for that guy, isn't it man. It just isn't, it isn't, it isn't the deal. But I bashed on Tennessee long enough. I'll go ahead and move on because no one cares about Tennessee anyways. But the Titans, nobody. What you need to do is just tighten up that defense. You need to tighten up that quarterback position. I see you need to tighten up. Anyway, we'll move on. So the Deshaun Watson stuff has really started to, to pick up steam because, you know, what, what I talked about last year when, when the allegations dropped was this is a dude who, from what I understand, has never had any issue whatsoever. And then out of nowhere... There's, you know, it's 20 plus sexual assault cases, like right out the woodwork. So I'm looking at this like, again, I don't know this dude personally, but if you if your track record has been you're an upstanding citizen, what might have happened is there might be one instance and then it kind of snowballs into, oh, well, now now that we're getting traction on I'm trying to sue somebody, we're going to we're just going to there's new new people coming out with the same allegation now. Just because he's not being criminally charged does not mean that he didn't do anything. That's I think that that's a, a it's an important distinction. Is just because he's not facing this anymore does not mean that he didn't do it. I'm just saying I don't know if he did or didn't. Based on his character up until last year, you wouldn't think that, right? And it is kind of an odd thing where you see good character reference, good character dude. And then everything just snowballs. Now, the thing is, like, we've seen some super creepy people out there do some really odd, sociopathical and psychological weird shit over the years, right? The person that you think is your next door neighbor who you think is the sweetest guy ever. Next thing you know, he's cutting up kittens in his basement. Like, this is something where we don't know who these people are. So I'm not trying to 100% defend him, but it's also, there's nothing else to, to make me feel like you are this person. Why should I just instantly you know, demonize you essentially. But there were people who were saying like, he's never going to play football again. You know, his, his career is completely shot. And now that this is happening where he's not being, you know, he's, there's no criminal charges pressed on him. Things are heating up on where he might potentially go because he doesn't want to be in Houston. I don't blame him. But the funny one for me is when I see Pittsburgh and they say, this guy doesn't fit, you know, basically what we want in a quarterback. He doesn't fit our profile. He is, uh, and I wish I had the, the actual quote in front of me, uh, but, but, to, but to paraphrase, it was essentially, he doesn't fit what we want in a quarterback. He doesn't fit our ideology. He doesn't fit uh, the character that we want in a starting quarterback. And I just thought that is some funny, funny Y'all had Ben Roethlisberger, you know that, right? Like you know that 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 was a dude that you guys were behind for two decades, pretty much, and you guys paid him multiple times after the sexual assault allegations that he had. So does he not fit what you guys want anymore, or is it because is it because of the he's a white dude versus a black dude? Is that I don't know. The other thing that I'll say, though, because I'm not, I don't want to turn this into a, into a race debate necessarily, but the, 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 the thought process that I lean on heavily is whenever I hear or see, uh, especially in the world of sports, where upper management or coaches say this is not going to happen, it almost always does. Now, I'm not saying that Pittsburgh is going to get Deshaun Watson, but if you're going to put your name on something and say, oh, he doesn't fit what we want, okay, that is... That is you trying to do uh, 
the the media okie doke and just say, oh, you know, we're 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 not gonna we don't we don't we don't stand for that here, even though we know that you do, or you didn't, or you didn't care at least. But for them to just straight up come out and say he's not in our plans makes me think, oh, he's in your plans. Yeah, you got it. We have no idea what the actual market is for him. And it sounds like, from what I understand, there have been multiple teams that have reached out. And because he has a no-trade clause, he shot down just about damn near everybody. But if you don't think that Pittsburgh is trying to get, like, a real quarterback, then I like I can't help you and Jesus can't help you. Because if Pittsburgh gets Deshaun Watson, that team is winning the AFC North. Like Again, I don't like being hyperbolic. I don't like being hot take dude. I don't like doing... Uh, you know, uh, predictions and things like that, because when they when they don't work out, they blow up in your face. But uh, if they were to get him, their skill position guys are so good. And he's he's used to playing against, or uh, not against, but playing with complete dog sh- offensive lines. And the fact that he would have actual skill position guys along with Najee Harris, and if you just shore up that uh, that offensive line over the next couple of years, Deshaun Watson is like 25, 26. Like you could, you could rerun this thing back and be a double-digit win team again for another 10 years if you were to get this dude. And the thing, I feel like, well, they already got Mr. Trubisky. Man, nope. <laughs> if you think Mr. Trubisky is the answer, that's another thing where I can't help you and Jesus can't help you. Like, that is not, there is not one person in the NFL who has done literally nothing and increased their value more than Mr. Trubisky. Now, part of it is he didn't have to do anything in Buffalo last year. Like, I don't even know if he took a snap the entire regular season. He might have, but that's how little of an impact he had. Like, I, there is not one memory where I go, oh yeah, Mr. Bisky actually took the field. Like, in, a, in, a, in regulation for something. He did, he did something of noteworthy. Like, there isn't one part that I remember of his entire year in Buffalo where I say, I have a Mr. Bisky memory. But he has, like, he's completely been able to resurrect his, uh, his career and his name because... Matt Nagy, he was such a colossal failure in Chicago that we kind of have have given this pass to Trubisky. Now, now, I've I've actually defended Trubisky on multiple accounts because everyone's like, well, why would you take him instead of Patrick Mahomes? Well, as I've said beforehand, Mahomes doesn't go number 10 if everybody thought he was going to be this good. And the reason why I have defended Chicago on that particular point not for taking Trubisky, but just not getting Mahomes, is that, you know, Kansas City went from 27 to 10 to come get it when they traded with, with Buffalo. But it's not fair to, to do this to Trubisky because he didn't ask to be drafted by Chicago. Chicago did what every bad organization does. We do need a quarterback. Yes, you do. But why are you trading up to get somebody who we don't think is very good? Like, nobody collectively thought that Mr. Trubisky was going to be good. It's not Trubisky's fault that he got drafted in the top five, okay? That's not his fault. But it also isn't Chicago's fault for not getting Mahomes because if we knew that Mahomes was going to be this good, he goes number one overall immediately. And he signs that contract three weeks before the draft even happens. But to get back on point as far as you don't need to get Watson because you got Trubisky. Like, we still don't really know if Trubisky's really going to be any good. Now, I think he'll be better than what he was in Chicago because, again, there's the, the weapons are better in in Pittsburgh than they are in Chicago. Now, I'm not trying to down Allen Robinson because I think Allen Robinson is a stud, but you look at the actual, like, the, the depth in Pittsburgh is way better than it is in Chicago. Like, that is just a fat, flatly, period, no comma, no et cetera, period. 
the depth of actual football players on the offensive side is better in Pittsburgh than Chicago. End of story. So if Trubisky beats out Mason Rudolph, which I think that he would because I think that Mason Rudolph is terrible. But regardless, if that's your quarterback, I think that Mitch will be better in Chicago. Oh, I'm sorry, in, in, in Pittsburgh than he would in Chicago. But also, if you think that he is the answer, that is completely false. And if you don't think that Deshaun Watson makes you a better team instantaneous, you don't think it's worth to go get him, you are out of your goddamn mind. So to, to kind of put a bow on this, like, I do I know he's going to Pittsburgh? No. But what I am saying, though, is if it does happen, don't be 100% surprised. Because, again, this is something where teams will say we have no intention of either trading or or signing somebody or drafting somebody, and they end up doing it anyways. Don't be so blind of just, well, the Rooney said they're not going to do it. Man, the Rooney supported Ben Roethlisberger and what he was going through multiple years and multiple contracts worth. So if you think that that has any bearing on why they wouldn't go after Watson, I, I don't know how to help you with that. Whew. All right. So second quarterback talk. Uh, like I said, I had so many things I wanted to get to, and I'm just not going to be able to, I'm just, I'm going to wrap this thing up after, uh, after this topic, but it's tough being right. Damn near all the time, man. I told you guys, Brady isn't done. He, he had said beforehand, I will retire when I'm 50 or I will retire when I suck. And I had an episode like right, right as he retired. He's, he's been retired for like a month and a half. And it was, I think the day after, or maybe two days after he retired. And I said, he's like, he's not done because he's not 50 and he doesn't suck. He'll be back somewhere, somehow before, like before he dies, he will be back and playing professional football. Now, Tampa like is his squad. Like he, he still has time on that contract. That's why he's going back to Tampa. Like he can't just like, retire and then and then go someplace else you know we have to be traded or you have to wait until his contract like there are other there's other factors into it but he is coming back and i knew that he wasn't going to be done now i had said i believe that what he wants to do is like maybe he'll go back to new england so like he'll find a way to navigate himself there uh retire there and have that be his last season whenever it is his official last season that that's where he'd want to hang up shop and i still feel to a degree like that might actually happen now, i know that san francisco has been the team that uh, he's kind of been linked to because that was his favorite team growing up, and he's been on record saying that he lo- you know, he loves San Francisco, he loves the 49ers, and now there's a part that that might happen too. But the problem that you're going to run into is the fact that you still got Garoppolo in the books right now, and you drafted Trey Lance. Like, are you willing to let Trey Lance be, you know, essentially like Jordan Love now? And I've made that comparison where if if you really thought that Trey Lance was that good, he would have saw more playing time. You would have used him in the playoffs. But the fact that he couldn't beat out Jimmy Garoppolo makes me feel like San Francisco isn't even sold in them. And they're going, oh, we don't know what we have with this kid. So what you might see is Brady finish out the season in Tampa. And then once he's available and like a free free agent again, he might go to San Francisco. But the problem then is, like I said, you've got Trey Lance who you thought was going to be the dude. And you don't even know if he's a dude instead of the dude. So it could potentially happen. You know, it's, I, again, like my, my heart of hearts makes me think that he'll want to try to run it back in New England because it's almost like, like Albert Pujols is going to go, he's, I, well, from what I understand, he's going to go back and uh, he's going to play for the Cardinals. And that's going to be his last team because that's, you know, the bulk of his career was his Cardinal and he's going to retire that way. And I feel like that's kind of what Brady wants to do as well. And I could be wrong. You know, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and flatly say, he is absolutely going to finish his career in New England, but I could see him doing that. 
it's, it's hard when you've when you've been in a place for 20 years you do have an attachment to it. You know, my, my original employer, I was there for almost 10 years straight and I went someplace else, tried something new, didn't like it. I went back because one, the comfortability, I knew my environment. I knew uh, the coworkers. I, I was very, uh, the, 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 there's a, there's a, a rapport and there is, uh, like I said, the comfortability of knowing what you've been at for that long. And when, when Brady, spends 20 years in one place and you feel that's damn dog you spent like seven thousand eight thousand days of your life like with this franchise so i wouldn't be surprised if he goes back to new england like to really like again if it's a one-year deal and he just you know retires as a patriot and everything else like that but i also see him potentially going to, to san francisco but it really just comes down to the fact that i i knew that this dude wasn't done and i think what's funny like that the, the stories that we see is you know he's He's at home for like 40 days and he's like, no, nah, this ain't it, <laughs> you know, but like when you're that much of a workaholic and uh, w- when you're, when you're so hyper-focused on what you do for a living and once you're taken out of that environment, I understand why you'd want to go back. But the jokes are, you know, he spent 40 days with Giselle or 40 days with the kids and he's like, yeah, this ain't it. Shit. I'm, I'm, I'm out of here. I'm going, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to head back. I'm going to go back to work. But I think it was the other way around. I think his kids and his family were just like, yeah, dad, you corny as hell. You need to get out of here. His son's probably like, yo, stop trying to kiss me like that, you weirdo. Get, go go back and smack players' asses instead of trying to kiss me in the mouth. This is some weird shit, right? <laughs> so, like, I, the, the, the joke is Brady couldn't handle them. I feel like they couldn't handle him being back and just, they're like, yo, dad, like, we, we appreciate what you do as far as the, uh, the support and the providing that you do. Uh, but, yeah, homie, you can go ahead and go back into the huddle because we, uh, we good on our end. And on that note, I wish I had more time. I'd like to get to all my topics. I've got like 14, 15 things I was hoping to get to, but I just don't have the time for today. I'm going to be back at work tomorrow. Like I said, I work 11-hour days, so I won't be available at least until Monday of next week. Hopefully, we'll be able to get some of these other topics. I know they're going to be a little bit older, so I I might even just push those aside because I know there's going to be new content and new stuff that comes out regardless. So. Uh, we'll pick up on it hopefully Monday next week. Uh, you've been listening to Chop and Peace, Scott. I'm Prescott Kelly. As always, stay up, stay blessed. If you like the content, please make sure to like, share, subscribe, tell your friends, hide your kids, hide your wives, and we'll be back on the next one.